as we become more and more loving of what happens inside of us, it just gets reflected because then we see the same innocence out there. Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Well, welcome back to Awareness Explorers. Great to hear you and have you here. And I'm Jonathan Robinson, the co-host. I'm with my co-host and friend, Brian Tom O'Connor. And we are with a special guest today that I am very excited about because I really love his work. And it's new. It's cutting edge. Uh, his name's Sid. And I think it's Sid Friedman, right, Sid? Good. Yes. I like that. Friedman. Uh, as your last name, that works. So let me introduce Sid and tell you a little bit about him. Following law school, Sid dedicated much of a year to traveling with Marshall Rosenberg, the founder of Nonviolent Communication. And subsequently, Sid established a conflict resolution center for schools, businesses, and churches. His work was dramatically refined after witnessing Byron Katie conduct a mediation session. So he knocked on her door in Barstow, California, and went on to live with her. That'll be an interesting story. Uh, Sid then dove into the realm of internal family systems, better known as IFS, once again hitting pause to spend a year studying with its founder, Dick Schwartz. And Sid's work strives to serve to extend the inspirational legacy of Byron Katie, Marshall Rosenberg, and Dick Schwartz. And to experience Sid's work, you can visit EffortlessIFS.com. Welcome to Awareness Explorers, Sid. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. This feels unreal having watched pretty much every one of your podcasts of you and Brian. Wow, that's, uh, I'm not sure we've done that, Brian, but um, <laughs> anyways, it's great to have you. You know, uh, I've come across your work in various ways. You offer a lot of stuff for free. Your website is filled with information. And what I love about it is it kind of combines a lot of different systems into a very simple approach to being our best human selves. And one of the things that I like is that you go into the part of us that's our true nature, which could be called peace or or love or acceptance, and also the parts of us that resist that, that get triggered in daily life. And I'm wondering if you can give us a background as how you blended these two things. Mm. I really was lucky. I got to spend this time with you know, Marshall Rosenberg with this nonviolent communication. And nonviolent communication, this helps us hear the innocence and beauty in everything that's human. And then I spent a lot of time with Dick Schwartz, and his was about seeing the subtleties of our humanity, the subtleties of these different aspects that arise in us. And then also there was Byron Katie, who was just this, this depth of love, this depth of as you, what you were pointing to, what we call the, the self in IFS. 
this 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 beingness, this completeness, this okayness that's always here. And it's like, okay, let's let's bring them together. Mm. Yeah, usually systems focus on one or the other, and uh, the two never quite meet. Brian and I often use the two-wing analogy. You have to have both and somehow bring them together, and that's where you really soar. So what's been the receptivity to trying to bring them together? Do people get it, or do you have to explain it, or, or how's that process been going? Well, my job, I, I do these these large group zooms where people come from anywhere around the planet i just kind of put it out there and people come and my job is to to meet them to go to their systems to 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 get a sense of how does what's 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 your nature what is this this beingness what is true nature for you in your system i mean is it peace is it flow is it a sense of okayness is it presence and then what are your difficulties? Is there stress or do you experience stress or anxiety? And if so, this is where we use the IFS system, the internal family systems, which sees kind of a multiplicity of aspects of the person, where we call them parts, the thoughts, feelings, and sensations. And we just kind of track. So what is it that's creating the anxiety? Oh, is it a sense of a should or is it a sense of shame that's there? And then what we do is we just get a sense of, we celebrate their system as it is. And then we have all these ways of helping them kind of decrease suffering and return to kind of the, the peace, the beingness. Mm -hmm. I'd love to circle back because what you talked about is, is very fascinating to me. You started out with IFS, internal family systems. And I was wondering if you could expand upon it for our listeners who may not know about it when you studied with uh, Dick Schwartz what is the premise of internal family systems? And then how does your effortless IFS differ? Thank you, Brian. IFS is really, there's a sense of sky and the weather. The sky is what we, the, 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 the beingness or however we find, our, whatever, what, whatever our nature is for each of us. Again, the peace, the love, the connectedness, the flow, the okayness. And there's a sense that it's always here, that it just gets obscured. And the weather are the thoughts, feelings, and sensations that come and go. And the magic of IFS, and this is the classic IFS, the gift of this Dick Schwartz, Dick Schwartz's work, is he labels the thoughts, feelings, and sensations that arise as parts. And where this is so useful, if we can see they, gosh, I really need to do this, or uh, like I did that wrong. If we can hear it as parts of us, then there's we're aware of it from the sky, and so we can rest as this fulfillment in contrast to the parts where the parts are they're kind of managing the parts are trying to manage our experience, right? The sense of the person, and then there's this beingness that's just here, and what. Effortless IFS is done with this. And Dick Schwartz speaks of the self, this beingness, as having two different aspects. And he, he'll call them particle and wave. And the idea is beingness that has an agency, a sense of doing. And then there's the beingness that a lot of your guests are focused on, which is more of the sense of just this ever presence. And the focus of effortless IFS is what does this practice look like? 
if self is entirely beingness, if it's an awareness practice and not a doingness practice. And the idea is it's it's to complement our doingness practices, our psychological healing practices, our spiritual practices. Well, I love your focus on on self because most of us think of an individual personality and we often narrowly define that and and i find just in my own experience when i expand and include more in my experience other than this person has these wants and these desires and include all that i'm experiencing then my sense of of myself of the true nature expands and becomes more inclusive and for some mysterious reason it seems to engender qualities like peace and love and i in a matter of fact i think you talk about um about the three the primary um qualities of peace and love and and happiness as an absence of peace being absence of resistance love being absence of separation and happiness being absence of lack and I really find that quite a beautiful uh, description. We have three views in Effortless IFS, and that's the core of the first view and how we do this. It's all about the relationship of the parts to this beingness. And the the, the inquiry, it's to get into the nature of that for each of us. What is the nature of beingness, which maybe we can just use the word for fulfillment for it. I know you, you, you gentlemen like that, happiness for it, but let's say it's fulfillment. Mm-hmm. and really feeling into that and a lot of my work in this first view it's just the discernment between this that just just what you describe brian the absence this is the absence of lack the absence the absence of separation the absence of resistance this fulfillment and getting to know that and then being able to more subtly discern that from any sense of want if we notice the voices that arise in us, most of them have a sense of wanting. And, you know, and the Buddhists will call it desire and aversion or resistance. Mm-hmm. And what we do in this work is we really, we, we become more subtly aware of that. And then it becomes like learning to ride a bike where the system finds their balance as this beingness. And then we become more subtly aware when it starts to, to fall in one direction towards a sense of lack or want. And then in this first view, it just finds it, it learns. We, it learns to be able to, it learns balance, just like we did on the bike. It learns balance as this, 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 this being, these words that we love, this, this fulfillment. You know, one of the things I find that's helpful in people getting it is you guiding somebody from being stuck or identified with a part, especially a part that might be causing suffering, and kind of leading them back to the place of fulfillment or contentment or happiness. And one of your methods, and I like that you have a lot of different, really unique methods, is connecting with the longing of a self. So today I was trying to get something done, as I often am, <laughs> and it, there were many obstacles in the way, uh, people obstacles, email obstacles, technological obstacles, 
So I found myself getting increasingly frustrated, which um, has happened once or twice in my life before, or once or twice in the last you know few minutes, uh, either one. But so I'm wondering if you can, through guiding me through this, what you call longing process, what that would look like so people have a better understanding of it. Nice. Well, let me ask you first, Jonathan. What is, what is that arising in? What would you describe as the nature of, of beingness, that this field that you're in right now? Is it a sense of, is it peace? Is it openness? Is it stillness? I, I like to use the metaphor, it's arising uh, in a field of silence. Mm, nice. So there's this silence that's here. And, and then in the silence, in the game is, this is where it takes some practice, like a sport. The game is kind of simultaneous awareness of, of the silence, perhaps as a background. And then is this, this voice that's in there, gosh, I've got to get this done need to get this done mm-hmm. and the first question is can you can you see both can you be aware of the silence and this this precious part of jonathan that's trying to take care of him it'll be if i get this done i'll be able to relax and i have to go do the show mm-hmm. yeah i can be aware of them both now nice and so the first thing we might do is being aware of the the contraction in this part, in this one, and to notice if it seems alone or if there's maybe even a sense of awareness that it's arising within the silence, that there's silence here, that there's presence here. Normally it feels alone, but now that you point me in that direction, I can be aware of of it arising in the silence. And, And then this is where... There's the marriage, because my work is really the, the marriage of IFS and NBC. And this is where we, we, listen, we just listen a little deeper here to that part. We really we listen for it. And, and we ask, like, we just wonder, what is it really longing for by getting the work done? What is it longing for? And what do you find? I think it's longing for feeling either a sense of relaxation or a sense of accomplishment, which would then be that now I can rest. Relaxation or accomplishment. And if it gets the accomplishment, then there's a sense of rest or peace there or ease. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then when we look at is what's most like that ease, that rest that's here now, What's most like it would be, I I guess I would call it like the hot tub, warm hot tub of silence that's in the background. And so for this, for the sense of longing, the longing for this, this rest, this ease, as you, as you hear the longing, what often can happen in the system is it can evoke that which is being longed for, that silence, so that this part of you can actually find what it's longing for in this very essence, in self. But notice if it can find some of that rest that's here now, that it's looking for through experience, right? Because our parts Mm -hmm. generally look through 
relationships, experience, situations, substances to get fulfillment. And the game is to help them realize that, wow, wait a minute, there's some fulfillment right here. And so notice if, if your system can find some of that, some of that ease, and if that part of you can actually find it either by soaking in the hot tub of this, this warm hot tub of ease, which is the second view of effortless IFS, or the third view in being intimate with it, if it can recognize that it's inseparable from, from this ease, from this warmth, from this relaxation. It's interesting as you talk because I noticed that it can. It's like um, opening a little bit of a portal to that other rest. And I also recognize that it, that part like seems to also resist it at the same time. Uh, and then as it resists it from, from the silence, we notice when we, when we speak of beingness, which we call self and IFS, notice that there's not an agenda there. There's just, it just is the silence. Mm-hmm. And notice if it's like, if there's, if you can find the acceptance that's there, the openness and acceptance, even, even a sense of welcoming that's here. Mm-hmm. And as you find, as you, as you know that, and then you hear this part of you that says, yeah, but that's just a bunch of spiritual stuff. We still have to get this work done. Uh, notice, notice how what the response is to that if it's just if it can see if it just welcomes that if it welcomes the resistance yeah i can do that you know what i find fascinating about your work and and this uh, exchange is that you're always pointing to something that is kind of like the next step to broaden into fulfillment and to let go of of the of the clutching onto whatever obstacle presents itself in the way that's 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 the fun right i mean that's what you guys are doing with your awareness games and all of this Mm -hmm. and because eventually this that we want to this that becomes a problem right gosh it's a problem i feel really stressed i feel stressed i've got to get all of this done in the next hour that becomes the portal for what we really love because when we hear that the longing is really for the sense of ease, the sense of flow, the sense of peace. And then it's like, Oh, when we hear that, then we like, it, and it's like, gosh, it evokes this and something changes. I call these tipping points mm-hmm. when there's a sense of the system starts to interpret contraction in a different way. I think that's what you were kind of pointing to, Jonathan. It's what I was yeah. hearing. Um, when it hears the contraction, instead of being something we need to, because here we go. In IFS, there's a sense of, are we meeting our problem with, an, with a part? Does a therapist part, a fixer part come in? Or are we meeting it from this beingness, from the self? Mm-hmm. And when we meet it from the self, it just becomes an opportunity to, to go, we get excited about this. Byron Katie used to get thrilled when stress would show up in our systems. Like, Oh wow, this is great because it's an invitation for more of what we love or 
there's something else happens. And this happens in my friend Dick Schwartz. It for him, like when you when you look at this part that says, I need to get this done, can you see the innocence of the longing? And when we hear the longing that it really wants to, it's longing for completion so that it can really get this peace, this relaxation. Can we see the innocence of that? Huh, yeah. I liked your term, meet it with beingness. Do you like that? I, I, I'm sorry, I'm throwing a whole lot out here, and, yeah. um, but it's, it's just fun to play with you guys. I really enjoy the metaphors you use. You've already brought up the metaphor of riding a bike and sort of sensing that balance almost intuitively. And uh, and the other metaphor you mentioned, uh, which I love, was the, the infinite hot tub. And uh, in other words, it's it's infinite because all of the parts are all in it together with you. Is that is that how uh, you would uh, describe it or what? Well, that's great, Brian. It goes, it goes back to just what you were sharing at the beginning, the sense of when something opens up in you, when awareness opens, and I'll, I'll actually I'll end up doing, I'll do this in the guided meditation at the end. It's like, where are we looking from? Are we looking from like here or are we looking for a more, a more spacious place, a more spacious awareness? And as, as, as you were describing earlier from there, we can become a sense of these different thoughts, feelings, and sensations that arise in us. And so there's awareness of the hot tub, of this infinite, and the hot tub just kind of represents this beingness, that whatever it is for each of us, whatever this nature is that's here, it's love, presence, peace, flow. And then from there, and this is one of the big tipping points in Effortless IFS, and this is, where does our suffering come from? If the suffering in this IFS model comes from one thing, and it's just from blending with a part, when we identify with a part, or it's just, you know, so many of the traditions, it's just identifying with it, with something that arises. The beauty of what you were pointing us to, Brian, is if we can be aware of two or more parts at the same time, two or more objects, it becomes very, very difficult to blend or identify and it, then suffering, it's one of the, it's one of the IFS tricks, the EIFS tricks and suffering becomes difficult. Right. Can you give us an, uh, an example of a part that we might want to blend with and maybe another part that we could see just so that our, our listeners can That's, have it vividly absolutely. in mind? Absolutely. So as I was sharing with you guys, this is, I've done a lot of this. And I mean, you two are, yeah, you're big celebrities in my world, and and so there's a there's a there's a there's a part here that wants this to be useful to your audience. That really wants it to be you guys at the end of the the meeting to be like, gosh, I'm really glad we had Sid. This is useful for our listeners. And then so there's that that's here, and there's also there's also. And then there's a, there's this other part that I was telling you, I, I like, I can't, I've gotten to hang out with Jonathan. I love the guy. And it's like, there's another aspect of me that's just like, this is so much fun. I get to be with Jonathan and Brian. And you could see either of those play parts I could get blended with. There could be a sense of getting kind of lost in the fun. I mean, I, and, or, or another part that just wants to do a good job. Like I, 
this is this is this is what I love. This is this is my life. What I'm sharing with you guys. This is my life, and it's a sense of wanting to fully represent it. And if I blend with any of those parts, the one that wants to do a good job, you know, that will start feeling anxiety here, right? Am I doing it right? If we if we start thinking about the audience, blending with that part, there'll be a sense of kind of going into projecting what's being heard. And if I start, if I get lost in the fun of being with you guys, it'll, I'll lose, you know, and so there's a sense of an awareness of all of those. And this is the sport we practice. It's a sport for us. It's like practicing a sport to just open the awareness, to be aware of these. And by doing that, I'm not blending. And then, and then let me just say one more thing with this, because in classic IFS, these often show up as polarities. Like this, this, this part of me that wants to do a good job. And then we'll have a polarity come up like, Oh, Sid, you're doing, you're doing great. It's going well. And then another part be like, Oh my gosh, but look at your hair. And can you believe what you just said? And we'll have these two parts. And this is what freezes a lot of systems. A lot of people get caught in the polarities, the yes and the no. And then what happens, it becomes crazy making you go back and forth. Yes, I'm doing great. No. Oh my gosh, I did that. What we do in effortless IFS, we zoom out so we can be aware of, of at least both sides of the polarity and ideally even more, like a whole constellation of parts. And then it just becomes, it becomes a different game. Yeah, that's Good another one of your, yeah, yeah, great description. And another one of your great metaphors, the, the sky and the constellations and the planets that you just mentioned. I love mm. that. I've enjoyed Sid, your your um, sophisticated use of labeling things to make them more discernible or more real, uh, like for example, labeling a part with a name, or labeling you have something called three descriptive words that describe the self. I'm wondering if you can talk about the value of labeling and and how you use that. I I, I love it. But what I love about it is when people working with people and their ownership of it, they're using it. Like I, I, what I'm fascinated by is how this, this beingness that you all celebrate with all these beautiful guests and you celebrate and you share and you talk about it in all these different ways. You talk about it as happiness and joy and peace in having people identify how it shows up for them. Like when you are, when you're with your beloved, like I love working with people in relationships, in a relationship, what do you, what do you find there? Is it the connectedness? And then just, or what's when you're at peace, when you're in nature or when you're with your child or when you're filled with love, what do you find there? And then, and then we find, and then what, what we're interested in is what obscures it. Like for example, when I work with people in relationship, it's like, what's the idea? We all want that honeymoon love to last forever. And what I'm going to suggest is that is our nature, that it, what it touches is that. It gives us a beautiful glimpse. Brian likes that. <laughs> and so then we're interested in what obscures that. What is it that obscures that? And those, those we call our parts. And then what I do is I'd have people label it. Oh, is that a should part in you? The one that says my partner should do this differently or I should do this differently. Is it an achiever part? We need our life to look like this. Is it a critic? Or is it in, in IFS, we call the vulnerabilities. Any kind of, 
you know, the, there's a there's a healing aspect to this work, right? So many of us still have remnants of contraction in our system from our childhood or from younger days. And we call those exiles in IFS. And so for some systems, there's a sense of, I get scared. You know, when she looks at me that way, I get scared. And we notice when that fear gets touched, it obscures the bliss of connectedness that's there with our partner. And so then the game becomes doing just what we did earlier. Can we, can we be aware of all of that? And then we look to heal it in our system. And, there, and then in Effortless IFOS, we have these three views for kind of working with the parts. And you mentioned uh, uh, the, uh, the, the three views. You mentioned that the first view is resting and, and abiding as the self. And that the second view is in, including all the parts, like becoming aware of the planetarium or the infinite hot tub. And, and I believe that the third view is becoming more intimate with what arises. Is that is that correct? You're right. Right on, Brian. <laughs> and, and getting a sense that nothing is separate from beingness. You, yes. you want to go into the third uh the third view a little? I'd love to. Can I can I just add an addendum to the second view? Oh, please do. So the reason I love this and the reason why this has been, I think, well received in the IFS community is the second view, the sense of the parts resting in the hot tub. The nice thing about it is so many of us were used to our healing occurring during a session, during a workshop during a meditation, right? And so what happens with the second view, as our system starts to recognize, just like we did with Jonathan, the sense that silence is here, there's silence here. And as we get to know more, this 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 beingness that's always here, and this is, I think this goes across all the spiritual traditions. There's a sense of this, this ever presence of whatever we call it, the isness, the beingness, the self, and we call it the self in IFS. And as we, we get, intimate with it and discover that it is this it's an acceptance it's a welcoming it's in a group jonathan and i do we call it causeless okayness uh that that's there and then what's then what's really cool is that our healing the sense of coming home starts to happen in the background because as contraction arises as parts arise there's a sense that they're arising in that space and there's a sense of they're just soaking, if we use the metaphor of the hot tub, they're soaking in this warm hot tub of being of acceptance. And and we you know, and it's just like for us, when we're being met by somebody who just unconditionally loves us, welcomes us, is excited to see us, hears us, sees us. That that's what occurs in the background. And that's I just wanted to say a little bit more because the second view is really the core of this work for, a, for most people. And that's where the healing occurs. And, and one last thing with it. And this is, this is the magic of this is why I use this, the NVC. But when I use that NVC word, what I'm really saying is just hearing what we did with Jonathan, hearing the longing. So as these parts are soaking, there's also what the awareness starts to hear what is being longed for. And perhaps it's already here as a default because that's what becomes interesting. What are, what are our default qualities of this beingness? Is it silence like it's Jonathan or maybe it's happiness and fulfillment that I, we, we experience in Brian, this bubbly of love, this love that's there. But then some parts are like, yeah, whatever, happiness, love. 
I, I need to be, I need to be heard. I need to be seen or I need connectedness. I love connectedness, a sense of unity that I find with my friends or with my beloved. I long for that. And as we hear that longing, that's what we were doing with Jonathan. So that happens in the second location as well. And before I go, how did I do? Anything else on that? Then I'll, I'll go to the third. Okay, the third. Okay, that's great. Before before we go on to the third one, I'd like I, I love the fact that we're staying on the second one because I do have some questions about that. Because you talk about how the parts long for something, and I had an experience, and I was wondering if if I'd love to have your take on this. Um, I studied something similar to IFS, which was voice dialogue or the psychology of cells pioneered by Hal and Sidra Stone. And they they call it the, the different selves, like the inner critic, the inner child, etc. And the key discovery that I made was that, let's say you have a self, or in your case, you might call it a part that is like really critical of you. Of you and it's always saying that you did something bad. I had the initial reaction or feeling that that was an enemy. A, a part that I needed to get rid of that that was a foe until I talked to the part and listened to it and realized that what it wanted was to protect me. And why would it want to protect me? Because it loved me, which is totally different from an enemy. So I was wondering if that mm-hmm. kind of concept is, is similar in your oh. EIFS system. It's, it's bullseye, Brian. Bullseye. Um. One first, we become fascinated by the, the seeing it as an enemy. We can all relate to this. The critic that says you did it wrong, you should do something different. There's something wrong with you. I mean, they get really, they become really harsh. And then we will hear a part that says, "Well, this is this is an enemy. We don't, gosh, gosh, we don't want this one around. This is I'm very uncomfortable when it's here." So we notice that which reacts to it. And in a lot of systems, there are a few parts that react to it. There might be a, like this protective part, and then there might be a vulnerability. That here's the criticism. It's like, oh my gosh. You know? And so we notice that. And then just what you're sharing, like in, in voice dialogue, it's a little different where, and this happens in classic IFS. Like we, we do more of this in classic IFS where we focus on hearing the part and actively hearing that we don't do that in effortless IFS. We try to, because it's an awareness practice, but we do, we try to even go a little deeper. We try to hear. Instead of hearing it speak, which I, I did a lot of voice dialogue along the way as well, we we listen for what is the longing of that part, this critic. What is it, like you say, it wants to protect us. It's really wanting, let's say it wants safety. It really is longing for safety, right? And when we hear that, and this is, when we hear that, just notice something changes that you're saying. And like, notice that's when I describe that we see the innocence and the beauty of our parts. Beautiful. And then with that, there's the possibility, and, and Brian, I see this in you and from your work, there's a sense of we can even like, in seeing the innocence and beauty of our parts, we can almost fall in love with them because we can see the preciousness of them, right? This part, it's there, this one that's yelling at me and saying, Sid, you're an idiot, you're messing up, you know, <laughs> which is like, oh, that's such sweetness and how it's trying to protect me. And this really does open. This is really, this is really the journey that we're exploring in the effortless IFS, which I believe we're all doing in our in our practices. Is is that right? So you described the second view really well, and now I'm curious, what is the third view? 
the third view, and this is this is what a lot of your your guests speak of. That there, it's just it's an intimacy with the part. So the part arises. This critic part arises. It says you're doing it wrong. And then the, the third view, we kind of wait for it to open organically because I'll say what it is and I'll say all the caveats with it afterwards. The sense of when that critic arises and says you're doing it wrong, my question is how intimate can you be with that? How close, but not from a part, not from we often have therapist parts that come in and say, I can be close to that, I can hear it. From this, from this silence, from this, this welcoming, from this hot tub, from the beingness that we are, how intimate can we be with that part? With that, Sid, um, there are some somatic systems that uh, I'm interpreting this. And I'm not sure if it's the correct interpretation, but so I'm in my frustrated part. And as I like welcome it and as I go into the sensations without resistance, it certainly changes and can lead to an opening to the spaciousness or it can lead to remembering an earlier incident. Is that kind of what you're talking about? This is, this is exactly it, Jonathan. This is what we see with a lot of your guests that with the frustration, when we, when we're really open to it, the only thing that makes it a problem is resistance, right? There's resistance to it. And as we notice the resistance as a part, then there's an intimacy with what arises. And this is where, this is where when we've experienced in our lives, experiences of when we've been in love, this happens in love, this, this love, we get experience of this bliss, this oneness, this happens in nature when we have this connectedness that happens or the sense of awe of a sunset or we're, we're being with a, a baby, a newborn and all we see is beauty. It's something becomes pervasive here. And this is a way there in this intimacy with what arises. This is the gift of our contraction. And so when we're intimate with it, something happens when there's just, wait a minute, this contraction, this isn't separate from the silence. Where in the second view, it's the parts are being in self. They're resting in the hot tub of self. In the third view, what is found is that they are of self. And then it's the inseparableness. And this can happen through, it happens with intimacy. And it can also happen as we do the kind of the NVC version of this and just noticing what the part's longing for, the frustration, what's being longed for. And then, like we ask, what's most like that, which is here now? And the part finds, wait a minute, there's peace right here. Like in the contraction, there is fullness or there is fulfillment in the lack. How are we doing? I'm busy taking lots of notes because there's so much subtlety and exquisite information in how you put this all together. Your thoughts, Brian? I see a definite correlation with what you just described and, and our, our awareness practices. I mean, we first separate from the content of awareness and look at awareness itself, but then we turn around and look 
from awareness and see that all of our experience is made of awareness. It's not separate from awareness. So when you describe that becoming intimate with all experience reduces this, the sense of separation between things that really resonates with me. And it, this happens organically. This is where it's, you can watch people in the IFS journey when they're kind of early on and as, they, as they've been doing this for a while, because the parts obscure this and the parts are scary, right? It's, it's, it's like, for me, just like you guys, I've been working on a way to make this fun and not like a psychological process or a spiritual practice. And it, it's like, to me, it's like, I love sports. I used to love sports, but it's like, at first, when we're playing a sport, it's like when playing soccer, it's like you're scared the ball's going to hit you and it's going to hurt. And then you're, you're, you know, all these things open with time and suddenly it's not scary. And it's the same thing with these parts. At first, that critic part, it's like, oh my God, I got to get away from that. I need to, I need to go eat some pizza. I can't be with that. Right. But then eventually, as we become more, as, as we become more comfortable being with the parts, and as the parts lose some of their charge, as the system starts to recognize that silence or happiness or fulfillment is here, the parts are less holding, less grasping, and then they become less scary in time. And then eventually, and this is where it's organic, eventually the system can do what you guys do. It's this intimacy with the parts. And then it, then systems they even they they stop using we stop using even the second view and we're just the third view it's just this intimacy with everything arises but that takes a long time and so we don't focus on that in our work because then it brings up a spiritual achiever like oh i should be like brian and jonathan and then that just obscures us yeah that that that, that makes a lot of sense i i think people talk about the direct path and you know going going straight there but even some of the best purveyors of the direct path like rupert spira said you know you have to notice the background of awareness or you have to notice the self first and then notice that everything is part of the self so it's like the inward facing path and then the turn around and the outward facing path beautiful and so I don't know if I can say this, but it, it's it's like I really do see this as all the direct path for each of these views. You know, the first view is is just it's just abiding as this as our beingness, just going right there. And the second path, the beingness is still there, but we're just but we're not doing right. There's not a sense of a progressive path of getting somewhere. There's a sense of we're resting as the beingness, which is the infinite hot tub, and we're aware of the parts, and they're just getting to soak in this. And so there's no place, there's no achieving, there's no place we're going. The system's just healing itself. And the third view, just like you said, the outward-facing path, the tantric path, this then includes everything, is it just eventually, as the parts become, in IFS, we call them unburdened, the sense of losing their charge, and they just become unburdened parts. There's a sense that they return to the connectedness. And that's the satantric where everything is this being, everything is nothing separate from the beingness. Hmm. You've covered so much, and this is like mind bending and great, Sid. Uh, is there anything that you haven't covered that 
you feel like is important to talk about before we do a meditation? Oh, gosh. First off, I got to tell you guys, it doesn't get any more fun than this. I literally could do this for hours with you two. Mm-hmm. There's such gratitude. This is, this is what I love. But I have two things, Jonathan, and thank you so yeah. much for asking. The first is, even though we're talking about this as an inner process, the sense of being with the being with our parts and seeing their innocence and being a sense of relaxing, coming home and finding this peace that's here. I, I want this to be so ordinary because it, it does. The cool thing is to watch people as they do this. And suddenly they've been doing this for a while and they're like, wait a minute. The world has changed. The world has changed. People have become so much kind. Oh my God. I start crying when I see people, people say. It's like the beauty, you see the innocence in others. And I know, oh my God, this is just a bunch of spiritual talk. But I want to suggest this is what's real. The out, what we find is that the external is just a reflection of how we are with our parts. That when we, as we become more and more loving of what happens inside of us, it just gets reflected because then we see the same innocence. As we see the innocence in our parts, we see the innocence out there. And that's what I get excited about. So that was one thing I wanted to share because I'm really about making this real and not some spiritual thing, real life. And that's why I do it a lot in relationships. And I tr- and, and then this will transition. And then also I try to make it fun. And, and this is where I'm in transition where I've been doing all of this as Zooms and I just, I, I put it out through the IFS community, the NVC community. And just every week I do three, four big community Zooms. Everyone's invited. They're all free. And most of my work is, is free. And then I had some private sessions for my private clients on the side, but I try to make it fun. And one thing, and I, I think I'm going to do this in the meditate. We'll, we'll see if this works in the meditation is I do it as a, as a dance party is how it's been coming through Sid. The idea of the being, this is the background and the parts get to come. They get to have a party thrown for them. And I guess that's my invitation. And one of the things I just love about the two of your works is that all the creative ways of playing with this cause play, the word play is that. Is that a part or is it self? It could play be our nature, the sense of flow. I work with athletes and it's a sense of just helping them find the flow. I work with artists, the same thing. What obscures the flow? What obscures that in relationship? What obscures the love? This gets to be real life. It's nothing spiritual. It's just if you can find what this underlying nature is for you, and then we get to become aware of our parts and see how our parts obscure this. And as we get clear of that, we become more and more the flow, the love, the peace. And I guess that's why, as you guys know, I, I just love this work. I love it. It's my life. And um, I'm just so grateful for the chance to get to talk to you two who inspire me so greatly, have inspired me along this journey. How's that, Jonathan? That was great. Likewise, you're inspiring me. You know, I, I want to put a shout out to our listeners at your uh, website, effortlessifs.com. It has a lot of information. It's free. It's great. Anything you want to add to that? I, I had I like one more thing. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Jonathan. Um, what's been 
as you, as Jonathan knows, I'm an extrovert. I really love being with people and I love that. And so what has been most fun with this is this isn't Sid developing something. It's the community. It's all of us as we explore and develop. And what's been great as I was doing these groups, I made friends around the world who are doing this work and we created a, a Facebook group and it's the IFS non-dual community, which is really just, and same thing. It's a celebration of how it's moving in each of us. Every month we feature three to six of the members sharing how this is opening in them. And I just wanted to share that. I'd like to invite everybody to come join us, introduce yourself and sharing how this, how this opening is happening for you. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, any last words from you, Brian, before we, I, I hear we have a meditation dance party, which is going to be a unique way of, of relating to our parts. But any last words you want to share? Well, well, that sounds so much fun and, and absolutely right up my alley is as practically this entire conversation. Um, you know, it, it's so fascinating to me to see how we're absolutely aligned, but use different language for it and how each, I think, informs and deepens the other. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I like about your work, Sid, of many things, is that you'll find out how people relate to their parts and relate to what we might call our true nature. You'll use their words because it's a very individual thing. You know, we're often talking past each other because we all have our own unique metaphors and languages and labels, but you'll find out what somebody else's is, feed it back to them so that they can more deeply enter into their own metaphors for finding peace and happiness. And I think that's an important ingredient to what you do. You know, we, we, the work includes all these things we've been talking about, the three views and all of this. It works on two different levels at the same time. Yeah. But really, it's just what you're describing, John. It's a celebration of each person just the way they are and seeing the innocence and beauty and perhaps perfection of them just the way they are. And that's that's why I have so much fun doing this. And uh, that's why it'll be fun to join our friends in a uh, meditation dance party, which will be coming up. Um, I do want to put a shout out to our Patreon supporters. And also, you know, a lot of people who are into any kind of consciousness work, they they don't have uh, family members necessarily that are into it, but you can introduce them to it, you know, have them listen to Awareness Explorers. And if you can surround yourself with other people that you can talk about this stuff, that really helps with the progression deeper into it so please like us on on whatever platform you use and share our stuff and if you want to know about how to support us you can go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers and we'll have a little dance party <laughs> uh, invitation that will be coming up as sid leads us through an interesting guided meditation Woohoo! can't wait in this meditation adventure, you'll have an experience of everything Jonathan, Brian, and I were exploring in the interview. We'll start by going inside and noticing how beingness 
appears for you and the precious expressions of life in you, the thoughts, feelings, and sensations. We'll get to know beingness as the dance floor and the expressions as dancers. And then we'll turn on some music and we'll have a dance party. What? So here we go. Let's start with just noticing our bodies and the softness of our breath. And then how does this ever-present sky, this beingness, this background, this isness, this, this okayness, this presence, how does it appear for you now? What's your word? In the interview, we were using words like silence, stillness, peace, okayness, flow, safety, acceptance. What's your word? So as you find this, what's that like? What's the somatic experience of this beingness? This is our dance floor. This is the space that welcomes everything that arises, that accepts this openness. So as we, as we know this dance floor, it's our first tipping point to know the ever-presence of beingness. What's arising in your space? How is this preciousness of life moving through you? Here we just notice the thoughts, feelings, and sensations. And we label those, or just label those in our interview as parts, just to be aware of them. So what are your dancers? What are your expressions right now? As you become aware of them, can you see them? Almost like it's a theater with a stage, and the dancers are on the stage. What's arising for you? Is there an understanding part, an aspect that's making sense of all of this as a dancer? Can you see that? Is there an achiever or a pusher? Is there a critic, perhaps with shoulds? Is there a skeptic? I don't know about this. Is there a vulnerable expression? Can you see these aspects of you as dancers on the stage. Lovely. That's our second tipping point called simultaneous awareness, being aware of more than one arising at the same time. And in our life, in this model, we know that we know suffering simply as identifying or blending with one arising, and if we can be aware of more than one at the same time, suffering dramatically decreases in our systems. And then from here, as we're aware of the dance floor, the welcoming, the beingness, and aware of the dancers, can we notice that our dancers are being held, they are on the dance floor, there's a sense of being welcomed by the dance floor, being accepted, being celebrated. 
This is our third tipping point, and this is where all the healing happens in this model. Because it's like the dancers are soaking in this beingness and this acceptance. And notice there's nothing that has to be done for this, it just happens. And from here, as you notice the dance floor and the dancers, what's the difference between the two? As we notice this beingness, this okayness, this peace, this welcoming, what's the nature of that? Can you find that there's an absence of lack here, an absence of resistance? Some people call it a fullness or fulfillment. What's your word for beingness? And then in contrast, what's the nature of these arisings? Can you find that there is this a consistency and a sense of wanting, even if it's a very, very subtle wanting. What's the contrast between the two? That's our fourth tipping point, contrasting nature. Then as we notice these dancers, what is it that they want? What is it that they're longing for? And if we, as we listen closely, can we hear that what they're longing for is ultimately a quality of beingness, an acceptance, a being seen, a being heard, a sense of safety, a sense of flow, a sense of okayness? That's our fifth tipping point. As we hear what the true longings are that arise within us, and, and then from there, what do we notice that's here now in the dance floor? that is being longed for by our dancers, what's here now? Is there peace here? Is there okayness here? Is there acceptance here? Is there welcoming? Is there safety here? That's our sixth tipping point, recognizing what's here now. And then we notice in this beingness, in this dance floor, is there an intimacy with what arises here? Is there an intimacy with these dancers? How intimate are you with the dancers? And can you notice the edges of your capacity for intimacy? That's, that's the seventh tipping point as we become aware of this intimacy as well as that current capacity. And then in this intimacy, if I ask you, how are you? If I ask you now, how are you? Notice your response. That this response either goes to a sense of fulfillment, okayness, absence of lack. It, it goes to a beingness. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm peaceful. Or the how are you goes to one of the dancers. There's a sense of some kind of subtle wanting. Just notice that. This is our eighth tipping point. It's just the sense of noticing as our sense of identity shifts back and forth from beingness to parts. And then our last one. From the spaciousness, from this dance floor, from this beingness, as we're aware of the dancers, how do we see them? How do we see 
the thoughts, feelings, and sensations that arise within us. From this spaciousness, from this okayness, can we glimpse an innocence, a beauty in what arises within us? I'm going to transition. Are you ready for the party? So here we are as the space, as the dance floor, and we notice the arisings, the parts, the dancers. Can they feel the music? Can our dancers, can they sense this space of welcoming, the safety that's here, the openness, the inclusion, the celebration of them? And what happens? How do they move? How do they express? Maybe the skeptical part we spoke of is here, or maybe there's a vulnerable part, off in the shadows. Can they all feel the acceptance that's here? There's no judgment from this beingness. It's just this welcoming. Can they feel the welcoming? Everyone is welcomed. In this song, We Are Family, are these aspects of you alone? Or can they sense the connectedness? That they don't have to carry everything on their shoulders. That there's a sense of being in this together. How do they move? Can they feel the freedom here? The play, the openness. How do you move in that when you are being welcomed and held in this beingness? And then, what is it as we notice our dancers? What is it that they want? What is it that they long for? Can you feel their longing as they dance? Can you feel that? Can you feel their longing? That fifth tipping point. And then, what's here now? As we hear the longing, what is here now? Can you find in this being, this, in this dance floor, in this space, the fulfillment, the okayness, the peace, the acceptance, the love? That which is being longed for, can you find what's here now? Parts, is there enjoyment here? Can the dancers enjoy this space, this freedom, this fun, this play? What's it like to be you? What's it like to be you expressed as these dancers being held? in the beingness, in the welcome, in the celebration, in the acceptance. What's this like? Can they feel the connectedness? Can they feel the warmth of acceptance? What's this like? Is there okayness here? Is there freedom? Is there play? Is there fun? What's the feeling? What's the feeling here? this like for you? What's this dance party? What are you finding as your, as your parts, as your dancers play and dance? Such a pleasure to be with you today. So I hope you enjoyed that dance party. That was a very interesting way to feel the parts in relationship to the bigger whole, which is the peace, the acceptance, the spaciousness that we all are really longing for. And uh, any last words, Sid or Brian? I had a last word I forgot, and I don't, that, again, I just love doing this. And if anyone is doing a Zoom group and you'd like a cameo, I'm cheap, most of my stuff's free, 
I'll zoom in. Or if anybody has a group of 12 people and you'd like to explore for a weekend, let me know. I just, I hope this isn't overly promoting. I just love this so much. And now I have the opportunity and time to be doing it more. And um, you can cut this if you want. <laughs> no, no, it's great. The uh, best way for people to connect with you is uh, through your website or what? Yeah, the website. If you go to the Effortless IFS, there'll be my contact and just uh that would be great and i'm just and i love and i love collaborating and anyone who like we're writing a book together we're doing a documentary together with all these people on the site and i love collaborating anyone that has something it'd be fun to collaborate just let me know we'll do zooms together i do everything improv just let me know the time and where to be there and i'll be there and we'll play i wouldn't great. dream of cutting that out for the world because creating community is what we're all about. And, and I, 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 it doesn't feel like self-promotion. It feels like generosity. And I'm so grateful to you, Sid, for, for being on and sharing with our listeners. And take some of what the energy of Sid is, and that is one of always being curious and playful. And of course, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.